Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. During our series, Built to Last, we're taking a deeper look into some of the foundational principles that can help us make lasting changes in our lives. Enjoy this week's message. I want to welcome you back to this series that we've entitled Built to Last, and we're talking about the things that we really care about, but sometimes what we find is that we're not intentional enough about thinking about how to build in such a way that the things that we care about, our relationships, our families, our spiritual lives, what will live eternally, we a lot of times do not think intentionally enough about how to build in such a way that it lasts. And so we've been looking at that from several different places this weekend. I'm going to ask you if you would turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians in the New Testament. Ephesians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 15 and 16 together. I want to welcome those that are watching online. I want to welcome those as well that are at 1230 who are making room and making space for others. When we think about this series, I know many of you have had the opportunity to join us at some of the messages. They're all online, but to give some of you a little recap and others of you for the first time, you may be asking the question, built to last building, is that something important? Well, Jesus gives a message. And where we're getting this series from is in this message of Jesus, he talks about life. He talks about the important things of life and how to live this life. And he talks about so many different areas. He talks about our emotions and he talks about money and he talks about how to deal with so many different aspects of life. And he ends it by telling a story. This is all found in Matthew chapter 7, and in this story, he talks about how to build to last, and he contrasts two different people. He contrasts a wise person who actually builds in such a way that it can last. He talks about this wise person building on a rock, and he talks about building to last is really summed up. Here's the theme of his story. Jesus is a good preacher, so he uses a story to help capture everything that he just said. And he says this wise person is the one who hears his words and then does them. You have to hear them first, but then actually puts them into practice. That person builds on a rock, and when the winds blow and when the rains come, then that house stands. He then says there's a foolish person who takes the easy way out, who takes the shortcut, who doesn't hear the words, who doesn't do them, and this person is like a foolish person who builds on sand, and when the winds come, and when the rains come, and when the challenges come in life, and they come to all of us, this house does not stand. And so we've been looking at how do you build in such a way that lasts? How do you build on that foundation? How do you really ensure, not that you can be sure that you're not going to have challenges, but how do you have this assurance that it can stand along the way? Well, we've been talking about how to build on the foundation of Jesus himself. We talked about building on the Word of God. We talked about how to build on the power of the Holy Spirit. We had a great message last week where we talked about spiritual family and our relationships. And I want to continue this weekend by talking about as we get deeper into the motivations. What, what, what really motivates you long term to build in such a way that lasts, then we have to start thinking a little bit about who we are, how we're designed, 
and what our purpose is. We have to think about that. In fact, if you were to even think about that building metaphor, which is all the way through the Bible, Jesus was probably thinking even about Psalm 127 that says, unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. So if you're not building with God, all the work you're putting in is actually empty. And so there's these building metaphors. In fact, even the verse we're gonna look at today deals with this idea of building. And if you think about building, then if you build a new home or you remodel a new home, then the design is influenced by the purpose. So if your family starts growing, it's like, look, we need some more bedrooms. I have a lot of girls in my house, so we need more bathrooms. Come on now. They're always in my bathroom, all right? So we gotta have some more bathrooms. You know, it's like if I wanna have a home, I know people in our church who literally built their home or remodeled their home to host small groups, to host friends, to have people over. And so they now will have like an open concept. It's like we don't want people segmented. So it's like we wanna open this up so people can interact. What, what am I saying? Well, just the same way as it pertains to a house, you may have never thought about this, your purpose is connected to the design of the ultimate designer. Because God understands the purpose for which he's created you, he designs you in such a way so that you can fulfill that purpose. And so each week we've had a little statement to help us think about it. So this week I believe to build in a way that lasts, you have to discover your purpose. You have to understand your design. You have to understand why God created you the way he created you. And then not only do you have to discover it, and it takes some faith and it takes some encouragement and it involves all of us together. You have to then also have the courage to make your contribution, to contribute to what Jesus is building. Because with the ups and downs of life, with the challenges and circumstances that go on, if you understand the purpose, you'll overcome those things. You'll keep going. I know this, when you get in your purpose, it's one of my life passions is to help people find their purpose, find their gifting, find what their contribution is, because when you find that and you get running in that direction, it doesn't matter what happens. You're gonna have some ups and downs. You're gonna keep going, because you see the ultimate end, and that'll keep you moving forward and building in a way that God has called you to build. I think about ladies, if you were to come to a doctor and a doctor says, okay, if this happens, your waistline is gonna grow, you're gonna have back pain, come on, some of you ladies have experienced this, you're gonna have a tremendous amount of pain and challenge and work at the actual event, and then you're gonna be sleep deprived for a minimum of two years. Come on now, and by the way, with the waistline growing, mine grew with my wife with all four of our kids too. Come on now, I was the ice cream supplier. She's just like, I think I need some ice cream. I think, well, you know, I'm not pregnant, but I kind of feel pregnant, so I'm gonna have some too. <laughs> Ultimately, it's like my kids now, my kids are older, they're like, you guys need to have another baby. I'm like, well, it's like the baby is cute, but we have to raise you expensive creatures for all this time, you know what I'm saying? We'll pass. But, but when you see the, the purpose, you're willing to go through the pain. You're willing to sacrifice, and it's that way in any area of your life, 
when you see the purpose, when you see where you're headed, I found that the way God has made us, we'll go to great lengths, we'll go to great sacrifices, we'll give whatever it takes if we understand the purpose. There's only one problem, and that is that many Christians, they don't know their purpose. They don't know their gifts, so when a little bit of pressure comes or challenge comes, they just kind of tap out in building the things that God has called them to build because they don't know the ultimate purpose. It's not a lack of talent. Oh, there's lots of talent. There's so much talent. I'm amazed just, just in the talent level of what God's put in people. If we could go around the room today and just listen to, here's skills and here's talents and here's experiences and here's things that I'm good at, we would be amazed at the power. The church is the most resource-rich environment on the planet filled with gifted, talented people. Many of them don't know it, though. Do you know your purpose today? Do you know your gift? Do you know your contribution? Do you understand what you have to offer? Because that will influence how you build along the way. You may have never even thought about, wait a minute, there's a why behind what all of this is? And by the way, this is not volunteer weekend at Milestone. I'm not gonna finish this message and pass out a card and say, could you please serve, though we always need as many available people in the army of God to use their gifts, but that's not the goal of my message today. In fact, if you hear me and you think that I'm preaching toward just you signing up to volunteer at the church, you're missing my entire message. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm actually talking about you understanding that the fact that you are the church and wherever you go and wherever you live and whatever you do, your purpose will influence that, not just at the church, but because you are the church, it'll happen 24 seven every single day. You'll be living your purpose. There's a popular consultant and writer today, Simon Sinek, who's made millions of dollars and sold millions of books around the very concept that I'm talking about. His whole thesis, and it's like earth shattering to people. He consults companies, he writes books, people ask him to speak around one thought, and here's the thought. If you go to most companies, most organizations, most homes, and even most churches, and you were to ask people, what do you do? then they could say, well, here's what I do. I do this. Some, for some people, it's just I come and listen to the bald guy talk. <laughs> That's what I do. We just kind of come do what we do. If you could ask them, what do they do? Most people could tell you, this is what I do. A few people in your business can tell you how they do it. Here's how I do it. Very few people can tell you, here's why I do it. Here's why I do what I do. The reason I do what I do. Do you wanna make even your work life different? It'll happen when you connect your purpose, God's purpose, and you know your why. Why do I do what I do? And by the way, making money is not enough. It's not enough. That's a byproduct of your purpose. That's not your purpose only. So when you understand your purpose, when you understand your why, it influences how you build. Ephesians chapter four, verse 15 says, and this is a influential church that Paul is writing to. I love the fact that he keeps bringing them back to who they are in Christ. 
Because when you really understand who you are in Christ, that there's this great designer who designs you when you receive Jesus Christ, like we see in these baptisms this weekend, I'm just moved by this lady who said she's the first salvation, the first person to give her life to Christ and her entire family. Let me tell you something, that decision will affect generations. It'll affect generations. Because until you understand who you are in Christ, you don't really know who you are. You don't really know what you're created for. Why? Because you were created by a masterful designer who put gifts and talents on the inside of you. So he keeps bringing them back to in Christ and then he gets real practical about how that affects their marriages, their parenting, their relationships, and even their relationships within the church. And he says that you don't wanna be tossed around, kinda I don't know where I'm going, living aimlessly. We've gotta do this for young people. This is a radical example, but I heard this week that part of the market for adult diapers is for video gamers. Yeah, you're shocked, and I used it for that effect. I think we need more purpose in the next generation. I think we need more help for the next generation. Your purpose is not to sit in front of a screen. Your purpose is to do something great for God. You've been put on this planet for an intentional purpose. And so he says, you don't have to live tossed about and just kind of just moving around, just waiting for the next little activity to influence you. He says, no, instead, speaking the truth in love. By the way, that's why you need other people around your life that believe in your purpose, because they'll help you get past your fears. Speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become, in every respect, that mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body is joined and held together by every supporting ligament, and then, when we're connected, when we begin to understand why we are created and the purpose we're given, it grows and it, look at this, builds itself up in love. There's more love to give to those around us. And here's how it happens. As each part does its work. As each part offers what it is designed to offer, each part does its work. Do you know your part? Do you know your part that you play? Do you, I like to say it this way, do you know your part in his heart? Do you know the part that you play? Because until you understand the part you have, you can't even offer it until you understand the part that you play. So that part, it becomes part of the whole and it begins to create stability and it creates a picture of who Christ is. You know, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a Christian home where my parents exposed me to encounters and moments with God. It's why I'm so passionate about it, why we do these retreats and why we put young people around the power and presence of God. I played sports. I played all the sports. I went to a small school in East Texas, so we got to play everything. We just moved from sport to sport to sport. It's like we play whatever's next. Nothing wrong with sports. In fact, even in that, I think there are things that kids can learn character, so I'm not against it. But I will tell you this, we live in a culture today that moves our kids around just to certain activities, but they don't prioritize putting them in the presence of God. And I'm gonna tell you, it's only in the presence of God and through your help as a parent and through coaches and teachers and mentors and Sunday school teachers that they really understand what their purpose is. I love Cole's story that we heard this morning. 
Because what happens after you get cut from the team if that's your entire whole focus in life? What happens when you retire from football? What happens when you retire from those sports? And so one of our main jobs is helping, and I grew up in a home where I had some help. I had some good mentors and good people, and it was in the presence of God in a moment in my bedroom where God called me into ministry. Now I wanna be clear, a lot of times when we talk about calling, a lot of times people think, well that means you have to work for the church. No, 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 no. Uh, People are wising up to this even in secular culture today that it's bigger. I, I believe there is a specific call because he gave some to equip the saints but I believe all of us have a calling. We all have a purpose. We all have a gift, every one of us. I believe you can be a person in business. You can be a parent. You can be a school teacher. You can be a nurse, and you can walk in your calling every single day. And you can understand what God's designed you for, but that was my calling. But I have to tell you, if you're here and you're like, well, I sense this calling, but I'm kind of working it out. Well, I still had to work it out too because God called me into ministry, but I did not see, at least in my experience at that time, where there could be an intentional, on-purpose type environment. I thought, man, I just, I just don't fit with, we're just gonna gather and sing, and then gather and preach, and gather, and we're just gonna go home, and I was just, I, I'm, I was born hardwired to know why. I just was, that was my number one question all the time. Why, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? You know why most people gravitate to environments like sports or they do other things like hobbies? Because in those, they know what we're trying to do. When it comes to church, it's like, what are we trying to do? So I went off to college to study and I decided, well, maybe I'll be a counselor because I at least know, and some of you are called to be counselors, I at least know what the goal is, to meet with the people, to try to help them, to offer, they meet. It's all very clear, it's very clear cut and dried and it's a great calling if that's your calling. I was trying to make it my calling because I didn't see any purposeful, intentional activity in the church. Went home, told my mom, I think I'm gonna be a counselor. Now my mom was an intercessor. She said, I rebuke that in Jesus' name. You're called to preach the gospel of Jesus. Come on, everybody, you know your mom. Your mom can mess you up a little bit. She thinks you're good even when you're bad. You know what I'm saying? But anyway. But what happens is, is it happens in, in, in moments with God, but then it has to be worked out. It does have to be worked out. And for some of you that are trying to work it out, how do you build with purpose? I wanna give you some steps. First of all, you have to start with God's purpose. That doesn't matter if you're a teacher, if you're a mom, if you're a nurse. That's not just for people in ministry. That's for every person you have to understand. God has a purpose in the earth. He has something he's trying to accomplish. Matthew 6, in Jesus' most famous message, that he ends with the story of the wise and foolish builder that I just told you, he makes this statement. They're all worried about where they're gonna get their next meal from, they're worried about this and worried about that, and Jesus says, look, let me change your focus. Let me help you with your purpose. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but even how you're frustrated with your job, you're frustrated with your kids, you're frustrated with your life, could it be that you've never turned your focus to what Jesus is prioritizing? and you were to get on his team, you were to say, Jesus, I wanna live to fulfill your purpose, 
I wanna seek first. See, he's, he has a kingdom in the earth. His desire is for that kingdom to rule and reign in every segment and every area of society. He has a desire to seek and save that which is lost. He has a desire that people become followers of him. So he has a desire in the earth. He has a passion. And you're like, how do I connect the dots? He'll show you how. But the starting place has to be, okay, wait a minute. I'm here ultimately for God's purpose, for his agenda. I'm gonna get on his agenda, and when I start prioritizing his agenda in the earth, he promises me because he's a good God, I'm gonna give you these other things, these other things are easy, make my kingdom the priority. And when this happens, when that clicks, that's the light bulb moment for your life. When that clicks, your whole life changes at that point. I mean, every day what you do, it starts clicking, it's like, okay, wait a minute. Every day I'm now deploying my gift for Jesus's agenda in the earth, it's a game changer in everything that you do, no matter what your roles or responsibilities, no matter what your age is, no matter what your skills are, it's a light bulb moment. See, it's, it's like this. You have to determine your why. You have to determine what's your priority. It's like the classic story, Alice in Wonderland. One of my favorite scenes in that book is when Alice is trying to figure out where to go. One of the number one questions I'm asked as a pastor is, where do I work? Where do I go? I love helping young people. I did it this weekend already with a young leader, helping them with college decisions. And why do people get frustrated with college? Is it's like they start trying to choose a college based on all these emotional factors. No, wait a minute. The college needs to be a step in the direction of your purpose. We don't, we don't start with who has the best social activities. Why so many people have struggles with their educational environment, the educational environment is just there to fuel your purpose. Alice is just like a young person going, where do I go to school? Who do I marry? Where do I decide how to live? What do I do? I don't know what to do. We all have that multiple times. She says, which way do I go? And of course, the Cheshire cat asked her a great question. It depends on where you wanna get to. She says, well, I don't really much care where I get to. He says, it doesn't much matter which way you go. If you have no place you're trying to go, no place you're trying to get to, then just go wherever you want. Same way in our personal lives. When I say, okay, I exist because God has designed me, created me with a purpose for his purpose. I'm headed toward his purpose, and then my purpose within his purpose, that'll influence all the decisions that you make in life. Second of all, you have a unique contribution. You have to begin to believe that. This is a big deal. There's 20 plus gifts mentioned in the Bible. There's also skills and craftsmanship and talents, all of which given by God. Every good and perfect gift is given by God. I love those that are listed in Romans chapter 12. Do you know your gifts in Romans chapter 12? You need to. I find most Christians, they don't know what their gift is. They don't know what their contribution is. Many people who believe, I don't even know if I have one. You have one or two. You have a contribution to make. And in Romans 12 it says, I think about people all the time, what's the will of God for my life? What's the will of God? The starting place in Romans 12 is present yourself as a living sacrifice to God, then he will show you 
what his good and perfect and pleasing will. A lot of people think, man, if I turn my life over to Jesus' purpose, isn't that a miserable life? No, no, no. It's good. It's perfect. It's pleasing. It's the best life that you could possibly imagine. And as a result of you surrendering yourself to him, he then says this, that there is a gracious gifts, or gracious gifts that he gives. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. That's talking about this person who sees truth, who sees the future, who's able to communicate that. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is encouraging, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, then do it diligently. Notice some of the encouragement that goes with some of the gifts. Give generously. Don't don't get too caught up in all these other factors that can trip you up. If it's leading, realize that that doesn't mean you're running for popular office. Look, just be diligent with the gift that you've been given. Be faithful with it. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Why? Because if you're a mercy-oriented person, then you're taking on the burdens and problems of others, so you have to continually keep yourself in a joyful and a cheerful place. And so all of these gifts are present in all of us. I love to think about it this way. If you were at a party, we were at your open concept house that you put on as a small group gathering, and there's someone there with a tray of food walking out, and if there were all of those gifts represented in the room, and the person with the tray of food walked into the room and tripped and fell and spilled everything and broke the tray, we would see these gifts in operation. The person who understands truth would begin to say to that person, you know, here's some things you could do different. Come on, y'all know that person. We don't much like them, but we need them every now and then. You know what I'm saying? If you're the truth-oriented person, you have to build relationship with people so that people don't see you as a know-it-all. And anyway, if, if you're wondering, you're sitting there going, well, that's not me, it's probably you. But anyway, um, we need the truth-oriented people. But that person you know, would start kind of correcting and then the encouragement person would start encouraging and maybe the teaching person would say, didn't y'all have a class on how to carry trays before this and I could have taught you how to do it better. And, and then the serving person would just get down there and just start helping them. Don't you love serving people? You know, They wouldn't get into all the discussion and they'd just start serving them. And the giving person would be like, I'll, I'll pay for some new sandwiches. Let's just, let's right now just call somebody, bring some new sandwiches over. And of course the mercy person would just get down on their knees and hug them, you know, and they'd just feel better, you know, because they're embarrassed, okay? It's, it's, it's great to think about that. And I, I think a lot of times we hear those gifts but you're like, okay, how do I make that practical in my everyday life? How do I use those gifts? First, you need to find out what you have, but then you need to start using them in your everyday life. Now, a lot of those things, again, we're all called to be servants. We're all called to give, but yet people who possess that gift, when you get around them, they're just, you just see it in operation. Isn't it amazing to watch someone when they're using their gift. I, I heard a story about Jen Tatum in our church, and I think it's a great story because Jen said, I didn't really think I had anything to offer. I find a lot of people have that aspect or thought. You know, it's like, look, if I'm not the speaker, if I'm not the singer, if I'm not the person on stage, I don't really have much to offer. 
Through our 201 class, and that's the part of our growth track and steps that we take. Why do you hear about growth track so much here at Milestone? Because we're trying to equip you. We're trying to get you using what you have and walking in your purpose. It's a process to help you get in your purpose. At 201, she found out that she had the gift of service and the gift of hospitality and mercy and that she was good with making people feel important and loved. And how many, how many of you know God loves people and people matter to him? And when a human being expresses that to another human being, then people feel something. They're intimidated, they're, they're, they're worried, they're condemned by all the mistakes they've made. So she took that class and she said she was scared. She didn't really know and so she got on the greeting team. First time she started as a greeter, she's like, I was a little insecure, I didn't wanna mess it up, you know? It's amazing how the devil tells us, you know? It's like, you could greet somebody wrong and they could go to hell. <laughs> He's been using imperfect people for centuries. He's been using everyday people. And she just found it's really spiritual when a person who has the gift of hospitality looks at another person and says, hey, we're glad that you're here. Moved her to our guest suite, which is kinda, higher level love on people, and man, she said she was nervous when they moved her to that. Now, she's so good at it, we put her on the front porch. She's the first person everybody meets. Because why? Jen has that gift, and she didn't think she had anything to offer, but one of the number one things I hear when I do our Discovery 101 class is, it's amazing to come to a larger church and find people engaged, find people that care, find people that reach out to people, and that's only possible because of people like Jen. Who's using her gift? Which I suspect she's now learned to use it, and this is what I love too. She learned some things, and I bet she's using it in a lot of other places besides just on the front porch. Heard about an eighth grade student named Ian wondering what his gift is. And he found out he has the gift of mercy and he loves to just help other kids. He helped a kid in a wheelchair at school and then he started using that gift here at church where we have an environment for kids with sensory things and different stuff. We have a little special room and so he goes and he helps those kids feel comfortable during church so that their parents can come and he's able to love on them and show them love. I hear stories about teachers who we have Teacher Appreciation Day here and how when we build them up and we encourage them, how teachers go back into the schools who have that teaching gift. Did you know I believe teachers, there's a calling there on their lives. And they go in and you have no idea what home life those kids come from. The brokenness that are happening in their marriages and we have a big day here where we bless them and we give them gift cards and we encourage them and I hear from teachers all year long, thank you for affirming us in our calling. Thank you for affirming what we do every single day. Have some friends who, they have the gift of giving. They, they, they are great, they're entrepreneurs, they're business leaders. They're out there in business, which a lot of times they feel all alone. They're out there using their gift and they recently had a miraculous thing happen within their business. And I called them just to congratulate them. It's something I've been praying with them about and other people have as well in their small group. And they got counsel and advice and it was this real sticky thing and challenging and a whole bunch of problems. And multiple times along the way, this deal they thought would never happen. But because they prioritized the kingdom, they said it's the first time we've ever been in a church where we actually understood, wait a minute, we don't just live in the marketplace just to make money there's a connection to the gift we have to provide jobs to make resources, and there's a connection to resourcing the kingdom. Because there are the people that are sent, but how can they be sent unless someone sends them? They've never made that connection. 
And the power of the message we heard last week of spiritual family. Their spiritual family surrounded them, prayed with them. There's other gifts that were there that had counsel for them and it ended up as a miraculous story. And they said, as I called them and said, I'm congratulating you, thank you, thank you for your generosity, it's powerful. And they said, Pastor, our lives are forever changed because we're a part of a spiritual family and we can use our gifts. It's a game changer. It's a game changer when you tie what God has called you to do to what you do every single day and you have his kingdom in mind. You say, okay, how do we live this way? Well, you live with purpose when you discover. There's one person listening to me that hasn't discovered their purpose, their gifts. God wants you to. You have to discover it and then you start growing in it. You say, how do you do that? Well, first of all, you have to get honest. You have to get honest and say, okay, wait a minute, am I prioritizing the kingdom or am I prioritizing my kingdom? Am I prioritizing his kingdom or my kingdom? You say, how do you know? Well, it's what's in your heart. It's also what you offer back, it's what you contribute back, your life. As you see that, you say, okay, wait, you get honest, then you have to get honest about yourself. You have to get honest about, okay, do I know my giftings, am I flowing, am I, even in your work life, you have to get honest about are you just receiving a paycheck or are you using your gift? By the way, you don't have to have a title or a position to use your gift. Young people today think, man, when someone puts me in that role, then I'll start doing it. No, 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 here's how it works. You start using it and then someone around you will begin to recognize that in you, in you and you'll begin to be promoted into those things that you're using. The next thing is when you find your people, you find your purpose. I really believe that. When you get around the relationships God's called you to walk in, it helps refine who you are because one of the big challenges in finding your purpose is a lot of times we use comparison to say, look, I want their gift or I want that or what the world says is the greatest way to live and so we start pursuing something that's not in our gifting, <clears throat> it's not in our strengths. So it's good to have people around you that'll encourage you in your purpose, but it's also good to have people around you that see in you what you're actually gifted at. It's like, okay, I, I wanna do this. Well, you're not any good at that. Thank you for your honesty, right? You want someone, right? You want someone that, no, that's not, here's what I see in you. The people around you, your team, your church member family, the people that you're with, those people see in you. They see what that gift is. It's not hard to see. And when you get around those relationships, you begin to see that encouraged and celebrated and you move forward. But here's the biggest one that you have to do. You have to start using your gift. Once you discover it, you have to start using it. You have to start putting it into practice. And here's what I find. The more you put it into practice, the more you grow in it and the more it's refined. And along the way, you start discovering in those different seasons of life what God has called you to. So I wanna encourage you today. Do you know your purpose? Do you know your gift? Are you using that gift? Are you walking in that gift? If not, start today. Start today on a road to discover it and then begin to use it and the kingdom of God will be impacted by you using what God's put on the inside of you. You know, someone who's walking in their purpose, and I realize there's hard work, so just take this with a grain of salt, but someone walking in their purpose and their gifting, they really don't 
work a day in their life. They just, it's like, they move from, here's what I have to do, to I can't believe this is what I get to do. Did you know, you may think that's for somebody else. That's for you. That's for you. Now, it's gonna take some faith. It's gonna take some courage. It's gonna take some energy to step out in it. But when you do, you'll begin to see that God designed you that way. God put that inside of you. And as you use it, it's like, it's, it's almost, it's not even fair because remember it's by the grace of God and it just comes out of you. And you feel his pleasure when you do it. And when you use it to advance the kingdom of God, now you live for a higher purpose that's so powerful. This is bigger than Milestone Church. Thank you for all of you that use your gifts and serve and you're engaged and you're powerful. But by God's grace, we're gonna leave this to the next generation and they're going to take it further than us but look if milestone church isn't here tomorrow i hope just like me we're going to use our gifts if you helicopter us and drop us in the middle of sahara africa i'm going to start coaching leaders and building people and trying to take every lost person that's headed to hell and get them on track to heaven that's what i'm going to do if I get picked up from this service and teleported somewhere to the rest of the place in the world, guess what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna do what I'm doing right now because that's my purpose. That's my calling. That's my gifting in whatever context. And when you settle that, you can build in a way that lasts when you know how God's designed you. I'm gonna ask you to bow your heads with me. Father, I pray right now. If there's one person listening to me, who doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that today they would surrender themselves to you. Just like these incredible testimonies that we've seen. Lord, they today would say, Jesus, come into my life. I believe you died for me, you rose from the dead. Come into my life, become my personal Lord and Savior. If you prayed that prayer, I'm gonna ask you to let us know. Maybe come to Discovery 101 today so I can meet you. Second of all, Lord, I pray right now for people who don't know their purpose or their gifting, that today, Lord, you begin to reveal that to them, that they'd go on a search for it, that they would begin to use it, that they would begin to deploy it, they'd make that contribution, that they would seek first your kingdom. Lord, I pray today that you would lead them, that you would guide them in that journey. Lord, I pray right now for some who are frustrated or they're just challenged or they're wondering about in this next new season, Lord, I pray that you would encourage them and they would step back into the purpose and the plan that you have for their lives. Lord, we thank you today that we don't live aimlessly wondering what all this is about. You've given us a clear purpose. You've given us clear giftings within your ultimate agenda in the earth. And Lord, we submit to it in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do to help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out through our website at milestonechurch.com. And if you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.